Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is the man who says the magic word, Frank. How are you today? I am doing freaking fantastic. I saw a great movie. I'm drinking a great beer. I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? That sounds great, Frank. I'm also doing great. And you know why? Because I also saw a great movie and I'm drinking beer. Mm. Spoiler, we liked what we were talking about. It's the beer. Frank, what kind of, uh, what, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your beer? What, what fancy beer do you have? My there? beer situation is uh, German in nature. Deutsch German. Oh, da. Yeah. yeah. Da. That's German. Deutschen beer. Uh, mm. I am drinking a uh, Weihenstefaner Hefeweiss beer. And it is. Tell, tell me about it. It is. Well, Say it five times fast, then tell me about I it. I would rather just tell you about it rather than offend an entire people. Um, <laughs> I uh, Five times. No less. I it, it's a it's refreshing. It's you know it's a hefeweizen, so it's 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 on the lighter side. Um, it's got sort of you know a lot of like wheat beers or hefeweizens will have a uh, citrusy flavor, but this one has a little bit of a banana taste to it, which I banana. like. Banana, sure. <laughs> so it's like banana and spices, uh, but it's very refreshing, and uh, I highly recommend it if you can get your hands you're, on it. You're spicy, so mm. you are. Mm. Frank, I am not drinking a German beer. Mm. I am drinking. I am drinking what is called an Elysium Space Dust IPA. Mm. Now, now, Frank, I have a. Here's the thing about this Elysium Space Dust IPA. It was recently drunk, but one, it's good. FYI, so good. was I. It's, by the way, you were recently drunk, weren't you, Frank? Mm. Weren't you? Just because alone, because you're a sad alone. <laughs> I just got drunk alone, just because. <laughs> no, oh, that would be so. Sad. No. A couple stories about this beer, Frank. And one, it was gifted to us by it was gifted to us by Metropolis uh, Metropolis Podcast MetPod uh, co-host Lauren of Thoughtable Audio because she knew it was my bachelor party, mm-hmm. and she called the bar we were at to give us beer. Yes, and this is what she selected, and it was marvelous. I, I like really. I was so stunned and shocked and awed and how lovely and awesome she is. And I uh, need everyone on the podcast who listens to appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you, Lauren, for that. So I have that because it's delicious and needed some more. Second, weirdly, this beer has been in my life recently because, Frank, as you well know, because we're friends and stuff, I'm launching this new podcast, Frank. That you are. It's called Read Up. That it is. That it is. 
called the Read Up Podcast, in which uh, we're gonna. It's a, a podcast about books where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. And we, it's a solo podcast, but I occasionally have guests. You know, and, you know when when books cross our paths because books are not something that we really have in common. And I read a lot of books. I read over a hundred books last year. And so, by God, I've you know, it's just a just a. A wasted opportunity not to throw my thoughts out there onto the internet, as so many people do, because Lord knows we love to hear ourselves talk. But if you want to hear me and somebody else talk about Dune, uh, the great sci-fi novel Dune by Frank Herbert, um, you can you can head over to Read Up Podcast, and I have Scott from the Suicide Squad uh, Suicide Squad cast on there with me, and he brought he likes to theme his beer. And we um, we did an and he did an Elysium space dust, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So all good, all good things for Scott, which was just so good of him to come on and help me out with that. So that's what I'm drinking, and that was the story about Lauren, and it was my bachelor party. Yes, I'm getting married. Sorry, guys. He is off the market, which everyone already knew. So what does it matter? Here, Frank, we're here to talk about <laughs> we're here to talk about Shazam, though Shazam. Go web go. That was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, go web go. Shazam, fly web, up up and away web. That was just ah, oh, it was so great. It was such a great movie. I loved the science award part. I loved I loved all of that. It was great. It was a really really good movie. Solid movie. Frank. Yeah. I know that sometimes you think you're funny, mm. and today you're still funny. Congratulations. Hey. That was a hilarious joke. Hey. Hilarious. We're here to talk about DC's latest. Uh, entry into their DC Comics movie slate with Shazam. Now, Frank, we, before we start talking about the movie, we have we've had Man of Steel, we've had Batman v Superman, we've had Suicide Squad, we've had Justice League, we've had Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman, and now Shazam. Mm-hmm. Shazam is the third film in the revitalized DCEU slate of films because Wonder Woman was filmed after Justice League and Justice League was retroactively edited to kind of fit the the new tone was shot and to fit the new tone that they were going for so if we're looking at the new direction of the DCEU we've got Wonder Woman we've got Aquaman and now we have Shazam how does Shazam stack for you in the new direction of DCEU films. Is it, does it, is it, are we falling back towards Batman v Superman for you or Suicide Squad or are we moving our way forward into the stratosphere of good comic book films by your opinion, in your opinion only? Only, Frank, talk, say, say some words. This was the most fun I've had watching a DCEU movie yet. The most fun. That is, that's fantastic. Fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that, Frank. I also had a super big blast with this movie, as many people did. Because, you know, it's really got that it's that very popular 80s style in the 21st century. So it has it's, it's fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's unapologetic. And it also has this really dark underbelly mm-hmm. to it, you know, as many 80s films do. You know, if you think back at some of your favorite films from the 80s, like they're fun. You know, like Back to the Future is a great example of this. Back to the Future is wickedly fun, but then there's also that scene where Biff almost rapes Marty's mom. Yeah, like, I was actually really. just listening to a podcast talking about Back to the Future earlier today, and yes, it's very true. It's That's very a, true. Like even the fact, extremely dark. Oh, absolutely. Even the fact that Biff is like buffing the car, washing the car at the end of the movie, right? The fact mm-hmm. that George 
uh, McFly is like, yeah, you almost raped my wife back in high school, but it's fine. You can hear her. Here, just watch the car. Like, what? Like, that's a little a little unnerving. So, yes, it's very, it's very, that part, that aspect is very dark, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie, definitely, I mean, it has the seven deadly sins. By the way, there will be spoilers out the wazoo for Shazam. So, if you haven't seen it yet, by all means, get yourself to a theater and see it uh, before you listen to us two clowns prattle on about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it literally has demons and, you know, like, literal pure evil, um, uh, as the as the as the villains really, right? Well, that boardroom scene where he mm-hmm. where Savannah just knocks people out the window, just kills is, Lionel Luther like that. Is he kills he kills crippled Lionel Luther? Yeah, Frank, crippled John Glover. This is his fourth entry, fifth fourth entry into the into the DC comic stratosphere. He was Lionel Luther on Smallville. John Glover was Lionel Luther on Smallville. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of the Riddler on Batman the Ah, Animated that's series. the one I wasn't thinking of. I was like, what's the fourth one? He yep. was Dr. Jason Woodrow in Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Yep. And now he is and now he is Mr. Savannah, Dr. Savannah, Mr. Savannah of Savannah Industries or in Enterprises whatever in Shazam. Mhm. Shazam. So, good for him. He's just yeah. he's just killing it. Well, he's dead now, but he's killing uh, Not John Glover, but Mr. Savannah. Because he's an awful, awful human. Yes. But I was going to say, that scene is like, is dark. He just goes in there and kills all those people. And then he's like, all right, let's do this. And then Savannah, like, unapologetically is going after children. And he's like, I'm just going to kill these kids. And you don't think about it when you're a kid because, you know, like, Captain Hook is always trying to kill Peter Pan, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, that's what that's what happens. But in, like, if you take a step back, this is a fully grown adult who is just like, ah, children, I shall murder you. That's true. Pretty dark. Pretty dark, Frank. You know, like, that's, it. if you remove yourself from it, that might be in some ways darker than anything we've seen in the DCEU mm. film so far. Because at least it's then adults going after adults. Yeah. But this is really, this but- is really... Mm, an adult a, going after children. Let's let's talk about some other stuff in the movie first before we get there because I feel like we're going to get into a into like a like point counterpoint there. Um, but let's let's talk, why don't we talk about the movie in general a bit more or talk about good bits that we liked and stuff because sure. I feel like that could I feel like this could sort of become its own sort of rat hole of a conversation that that will probably dominate if we don't if we don't put ourselves in check. Of course. What of are course. some things? So, what did you think of Mark Strong as a villain? I thought, well, that's, that's what we were talking about before, so well, great way to segue. No, no, but, but Mark Strong's performance. His performance was excellent because Mark Strong gives a great performance no matter what he's doing. Yeah. And I thought he was, there was a good backstory. He wasn't just evil for the sake of being evil, except that he kind of was, you know, except that, you know, like he was rejected as a child. He was rejected by his father and his brother. And then he meets this magical being who's like, I can make you superior and great and awesome. Oh, wait, no, you're not good enough. So the wizard tells him exactly what his father tells him. So, of course, this poor kid just like snaps and he just never fully recovers. And I really I really enjoyed that about the character where it doesn't really beat you over the head with it. You could easily walk away and be like, what a bland villain who do 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 do. Or you could actually take a second and look at it and say, no, he had some real motivation. He had some real motivation there. And and I like that. Most of the DCEU villains have good motivation. Most of the time, they're a little stronger than, than other generic action movie mm-hmm. villains. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm evil for being evil. Blue, 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 right. blue, blue. Right. You know, there's... 
there's some there's some heft to their to their actions and savannah kind of falls in the middle of that i would say he's not he could he could go a little stereotypical or he could be very or he could be very textured he's kind of in the middle what but i think the performance is great yeah Uh, i mean i i agree i think the performance was, was fantastic i thought that his characterization was really really great the way the character was written was pretty was it was a little was it's, a little... it's it's jeff john's dr savannah yeah. yes it it's is. not it's new, new modern new 52 dr savannah not original dr savannah right not which classic is, savannah but but no, i was fine, fine with that i was okay with fine. that his eye effect was super cool really and cool. i'm glad i didn't see it until the movie because it, mm. it really hit itself in all the trailers and the because it just I knew it was coming, but it's still kind of like, whoa, yeah, that looks cool. It did. It's, almost mes- it's mesmerizing. Yeah. Almost. I really uh, enjoyed that. I loved that. Uh, I thought that the, I actually thought that the, like, the, the, the Seven Deadly Sins themselves looked, like, looked really, really cool uh, in the way that they were presented. Because it was, like, the the statues, I'm pretty sure, were practical. Um, yes, they with were. With some, maybe mm. just a little bit of CG, you know, like, uh, enhancement. But, but then, then obviously when they were you know, freed. They were they were fully CG, and they were they were pretty cool. They were pretty cool too, and they were pretty interesting. Um, they were interesting in that they were, um, you know, in charge of him, but also sort of being like fly my pretties. Um, and uh, yeah, I found them as a, a, a cool villain. Uh, it was an cool interesting like symbiotic relationship that they had. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. with yes. them. That's yeah. right. I I loved that when Savannah's a kid in the Rock of Eternity. And their eyes glow. It's really just light bulbs in the statues. I mean, it looks like like something you'd see at Disney World or something, you know, like in the Haunted Mansion or something. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah. I I liked that a yeah. lot. That there wasn't any special trick about it. I will disagree with you that I do not like the look. Oh, of really? The, of the sins, or or in some ways their characterization, because they're very generic monsters to me. Like the only one that you could really pinpoint. You could pinpoint like greed because it had four arms and gluttony because he was fat. Yes. After that, like okay. I don't know, like which one's envy, which one's sloth, which one, I have no idea. I, I actually, I actually will agree with you there that 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 the the looks of them were not necessary. They weren't directly tied to who they were. It wasn't. It wasn't easy to identify them. Right. Um, and, I, and I do then, agree with you there. And they're all being gray, like they're gray as statues, obviously because they're statues. But then when they're when they're "Quote unquote alive," you know, when they're when they're out and free, yeah. they still kind of look like statues. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. And okay. so i i found I found them particular. I found them pretty boring. Oh, and okay, unth- and unthreatening. Interesting, interesting. Okay, uh, what what were your feelings on the way that Shazam himself, that that, that Billy Batson uh, himself was was handled? I I thought Angel. Aston, whatever his name, whatever his name. Yeah, um, I think it's Angel Ashton. Yeah, he was spectacular. He he had a he has this kind of pain behind his eyes that he was able to kind of he was he was able to bring out. So Billy himself is very subdued, and then when he becomes Shazam, he's very exuberant. He's mm. and but that's almost like. If that's Billy as like his best, or you know, or at his most free, Billy doesn't feel like he can be himself or free because he's been beat down by the system and he's got to find his mom and you know and all this different all this different stuff. So when he becomes Shazam, he can almost be himself, 
but he's not himself because he's Shazam. Right. So there's this really nice parallel between Billy not being himself in his own skin and then being too much of a good thing as Shazam and then kind of merging those pieces together as the film goes on. So by the time the film ends, he kind of is himself, whether he's Shazam or Billy Batson. And I I really I really like that. And again, the movie really doesn't call attention to that. It just lets you watch the movie and kind of watch Billy's transformation. But when he has that his his literal leap of faith off the building to become Shazam in midair, he is fully accepting who he is as Billy Batson, but then also as Shazam. It's pretty great. It is pretty great. It is pretty great. And I fully I fully agree with that. Um it really I, I felt like this movie, um, in particular in the way that it treated Billy, but but really sort of in the formula of the story itself, I really feel like this movie it felt like a nineties DC movie, like like a you know, like one of the Batman films or something. It felt like something from that era blended like- in, in the formula, in the formula of the storytelling. Okay. All right. And uh blended with like a Sony Spider Man film let's say like a Raimi Spider-Man it had a lot of the same beats of like how the the hero I mean because it is an origin story right it, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing that thing again right and, which I didn't mind and uh very much I felt that it, it it had a lot of the um the fun factor and the and the sort of story beat formula of one of those of one of those movies and I I sure. really really enjoyed it. It felt like it felt like a like a Warner Brothers movie. Like take superheroes out of mean. it, mm-hmm. take superheroes out of it and just pretend they're normal people and it felt like a Warner Brothers classic studio film. Um in a way that I really enjoyed and I felt like for the first time in a couple years they were Warner Brothers was doing what they know how to do. Mm-hmm. Instead of sort of like we understand the kids like superheroes, so let's try this. I don't know what I'm doing, um, which is how a lot of the DCU EU has felt to me. This felt like these are the kinds of movies we know how to make. Let's make the best damn one of these we know we we, we can in 2019, and I think that they did. No, that's a that's a, a very interesting. That's an interesting angle. I will take it a step back and say you know I said it felt like a Spider-Man movie or a 90s Batman movie, which I do not think is a compliment. Um, whether you're talking about, you know, because you're, you know, you're talking Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. It's not <laughs> fair. The, F- not fine, good looks, fine. Frank. You know, I, I, not a lot of DC honestly, movies yeah, happening in the 90s. I would compare it more to Batman 89 than I would to, to those other two. So so let's I, run the 80s movie. <laughs> I, in some ways, I well, there's really two, there's mostly there's two formulas for superhero films. It's either Superman 78 or it's Batman 89. And those are and you're either talking the origin of the or talking the origin of the superhero from the beginning until they complete their you know hero's journey arc by the end of the film, or you have the bat that's the Superman, or you have the Batman eighty nine where you're it's the origin of the hero, but it's a little in media res. It's they they've already they already are the hero and they're just being more of a hero and then you learn some backstory as the film goes on mm-hmm. but that's really not the focus and those are those are really your two types of superhero films and you could pretty much plug that formula into any superhero movie 
Except if you're talking like the C- like first superhero movie. Oh, like yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You yes, can't plug that into but like Infinity War or something like that. But here's what I kind of felt like what we had was because I, I so I feel like Mark Strong was in like a Batman uh, 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 formula movie. And I feel like I feel like Billy was in closer to a Superman 78 formula of a movie. And oh, I see. Yeah. Mm hmm. So I, I, I kind of end up feeling like they, they took some of the best elements from both formulas and created and created this out of it. Yeah, I I can I can see that you're point. free to disagree, by the way. You don't have to try and justify my opinion. You can tell me yours. No. Instead. Yeah, I, I think I disagree a little bit, not tons, but there is like that. You know, I don't want to box the film in because once you okay, start boxing fine. the film in, you almost like diminish the film, and it, and it because we're like we're struggling to kind of box it into something else. That means it really stands on its own. Fair, because it, it Fair. doesn't it doesn't exactly fit the type totally. somewhere else. But as far as I just mean, as far as origin stories go for Shaz- mm. for Shazam, for Shazam. As main character, mm. it's a, it's a Superman seventy eight mm-hmm. story. He you know he gets his powers, he does his thing, blah blah blah. If you look at the if if even if you look at Savannah's the opening scene with Savannah as a kid and everything like that, you're looking at like opening Krypton sequence where you learn a bunch of stuff. Totally, yes, that's that's how I've read that too. Yes, yep. And then you go into Billy's little origin, and then he learns about himself, and then he tries to find his way, and then something bad happens. And this is the Spider-Man formula. You said Spider-Man, Raimi, and the Raimi Spider-Man movie is structured on the Superman 78 that's structure. Right. That's right. And so like, oh, this person's hurt and now I've got to save them, you know, like, you know, you know, oh, he's captured Freddy. Oh my god, Aunt May's in the hospital. It's yes, all the same. Yes. It's in the same. It's a five act structure and it's just bam 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 and it follows that it follows that lead. And but you're right. You're exactly right and this is the film that Warner Brothers knows how to make, which is hilarious because it's a new line film put out by Warner Brothers. That's right. Know? That is right. Yeah. You're right. You know, I I I did not even realize that, but I or I wasn't thinking about that, but I do remember now. Yes, it did say New Line Cinema Presents, of course. Right. Because I some of the some of the Warner Brothers wanted to focus on other franchises, so they kind of moved the D C films into New Line to be like New Line, make some films over here for D C and we'll make some and that way we can pump out a little bit more. Than we've been than we were currently doing. So this is the first mm-hmm. of the new line DC films, I think. But but anyway, going back to that, what did you think of the? What did you think of the other kids in the house? You know, like Darla and Freddie, and you know all the all the kids. What did you think? Charming as hell. I agree. I turned to I turned to the people I saw it with, and I was like, okay, I think they're my favorite. No, they're my favorite. No, it's them. They're my favorite, and it just kind of kept, they felt. So they they felt very authentic, even though like you kind of know they're acting whatever else, and but they feel authentic to the film that they're in. They fit the tone, uh, which is great. And the foster parents were spectacular. Yes, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were so cool, and, and they could have been they could have been like total background, like not important characters, not fleshed out in any way, shape, or form. And it was a really I loved the way that they that they the role that they played in in this story. In informing this this family unit, mm-hmm. I I I also agree. The hmm. <laughs> what did you think? Well, let's talk about some of the um, references that the film makes to other larger things because this movie unapologetically takes place in the DC universe. Like it's like I have a bullet that shot Superman, and I have a a batarang replica, and you know like. 
I, I, you know, the end credit scene with, you know, like with Aquaman and the fish. Oh, you don't have fish powers or, you know, like, yeah, oh, what, yeah. they're like, what good is any of that? I don't know. Controlling an army of millions, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, that was like, funny. That was it really was, funny. Did you like all of that stuff leading up to, of course, you know, Superman himself, Superman's chest showing Superman's torso showing up in the last shot of the film? I did enjoy that stuff because it really was a, a good, you know, world building um, exercise. I, I, I enjoyed that. Those were fun little fun little references. I mean, even just the fact that, like they're running through the toy store and like there's, you know, Justice League action figures swinging from the pegs and and mm-hmm. and Freddy's always wearing a different uh, superhero T-shirt. And uh, I, I love I love all that. St- I, I did. I enjoyed that. Um, it felt like. It felt like I, I this is what I, I wish all these movies had felt like up until now. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and I almost wish like what if they used this as a launching pad for like, you know, their phase two? And what if this is almost like their Iron Man for their phase two? Like this is where their universe really starts to take off and and, and goes more in this direction. Because I would be really happy with a, a series of films that felt more like this. Well, you don't think that Aquaman and Wonder Woman do feel like this? I mean, it's not, say, an 80s kids movie tone necessarily. But to me, they they share pretty similar DNA. I disagree. I loved Wonder Woman. I liked Aquaman, but I loved Wonder Woman. Um, And I think Wonder Woman is a better film, better made movie than this. This was more fun. Interesting opinion. This was more fun. The third act of Shazam is better than one than the third act. Uh, Oh yeah, I might agree with you there. I might agree with you there. Yes, yes, yes. Because the yeah, yeah, that might be true. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on the whole, I think that Wonder Woman is a better film, and Shazam is a more fun movie. Um, Yes, and that's not a diss on Shazam. That's not like oh, this one's just fun popcorn movie. Like no, it was also a very good movie, but but felt more fun to me than Wonder Woman is not fun. It's heavy, right? so um, that aside, I feel like the tone in Wonder Woman and even in Aquaman is not as lighthearted as this. Aquaman is is closer to this, mm-hmm. but Aquaman and Wonder Woman both have sort of, and I hate to use this word, but sort of baggage or sort of, they're still very much, very closely connected to the Snyderverse, mm. right? And and to, to Snyder's actual films in terms of BVS and, and half of Justice League. Right. Um, Whereas this one felt like something else experimental that happens to be taking place in the same universe. That is, I think that's absolutely correct because this is the first film, apart from the appearance of Superman's torso, that actually is connected to that actually is connected to the DCEU, but not in a way that he has appeared in other films. Mm-hmm. None like, of the main characters. Is, I mean, I mean, take Superman out of it. None of the characters in this movie have appeared in any of those other films. That's right. I would I would discourage the idea of wanting every film to feel like this one because not every character fits the tone of every not every film or not every character fits the tone of every film. And so that's that's what got them in the trouble in the first place is that they tried to use a dark a dark brooding um maybe almost I guess even just depressing, you know, thoughtful tone for characters that it don't really belong in that in that style. Yeah. Like, can you imagine trying to watch a Shazam movie like that? Like, 
I I would have walked out, man. I would have been like, okay, this is it. I'm done. Like I I can't take I can't take more of this. That right. would have been the breaking point for me. So that's why I'm really glad that they didn't do that because exactly. But I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want like say like a Batman movie just as an example to like Batman showing up in a store and like hucking a like a toy of himself at the villain. Right. I wouldn't want that either. That would right. not be it's, Batman. Right. Exactly. So that's right. like I wouldn't want I wouldn't want this to be a launching point for like this is the new tone because i think we've already got that okay i see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah well i think (laughs) so so i'm not saying like let's overcorrect too far the other way i'm just saying i feel like that before all of the all of the films were before wonder woman were Mm -hmm. dark no matter what whether the character called for it or not that's correct what i have been pining for for the last six years is Make the film fit the, the tone of the film should fit the character. The tone mm-hmm. of the writing should fit the character. I feel like Justice League actually started to do that. It just did it in a very half-ass way, and they yeah. they 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 fixed a movie when it was already being made, and so it became like a hodgepodge. That's right, and Suicide Squad the same, and Suicide the same Squad thing. exactly. Suicide Squad the same. Um, this is the first time that I feel like they nailed it because it was not the first time, but it, it but, uh, compared to the ones you just mentioned, um, this is different because it nailed it because it was the appropriate tone for the appropriate character all the way through, like mm-hmm. from conception to release. So I'm really happy. And I think that they may have learned their lesson and like, I, you know, the trailer for the Joker movie came out like, and I know that's in a separate universe, but, um, that one looks like it's tonally appropriate for the character. That's right. This one was tonally appropriate for the character. I think we've hit the right direction, and I'm now very excited to see more movies like this that I, are appropriate for the characters. I, I agree. I'm just saying. I think even with like the like the baggage that you say that is associated with those other films before it, I would say that uh, I would say that we have now hit three films going on maybe four films with Joker that are totally correct for their characters. Yes. Wonder Woman is totally correct for her character. Yes. Um Aquaman I think is totally correct for this iteration of the character that has already been presented and that's, that's right. the baggage that's that right. you're that you're coming with. And then and then um and then of course Shazam is is totally correct and and Joker in its own pocket universe is totally correct for the character. And that's really all films really tone is so important to everything to to writing and to films and to music and it's like it's important in all aspects of entertainment the tone should match the character and some characters are more adaptable than others that's right that's right yeah and 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 so and and others are not and so it's important to make sure that we stick with stick with that i mean marvel always talks about oh it's the same tone for every movie that's not necessarily true no those films have guardians of the galaxy is not winter soldier like it's just not of course yeah right those are two completely different tones but they still exist within the same fabric of the universe and i think that just telling good stories dc's new direction on paper is to say we're just telling good stories with good characters and then we're not really worried about connecting them in a way that a cohesive narrative that has to each movie lines up to the next narrative. It's more about okay, they're all together. And Shazam's a really good example of, hey, look, it's Superman. That's it. That's all. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. You don't need anything else besides that. Kinda. Yeah. I do wish we had seen his face. I, like that would have been. I understand well, that he wasn't available, and yeah, but so it would have been cool. It would have been cool. So they filmed. Um. The the they filmed in a real school. 
and they were filming during a vacation. And so they had a very limited window of time to shoot all those scenes. And so he was not available for like the two, like that day that they had to film that cameo. And so, and he was supposed to like sit down and have a couple lines with them. It was all written out and he wasn't available. That's and too bad. so I know. So, but he also has a history of not being able to like do things when he's working for other studios. So it's right. not entirely surprising. I'm starting so, to wonder if it's a him problem. <laughs> like, maybe it could be. It could if be. He's a him just problem. not that flexible. Maybe maybe he's one of those people who's very like, hey, this is my day off. I don't get many of those, so I'm not. I'm not going to go do another project on my day off. Sorry, like that's just yeah. Or it wasn't five day days off. I'm on right. Or it wasn't actually his day off, which is also or what? Yeah. Right. 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 I'm using that as an example, but you know what I mean. Like sure. Yeah. Some people are more committed to like this is the film that I said I was going to work. I did my work for. I'm working for them right now, and this is you know he kind of like boxes it. However, Henry, and that's why I won't shave the mustache. Yeah, well, that was (laughs) I know that was different. That was paramount. (laughs) Let's not talk about that. So the but anyway, so so he was supposed to sit down and have a couple lines and all of the stuff. And um, and he wasn't available. So it's so it's Zachary Levy's uh, um, stunt double in the right, Superman, right. in the Superman suit. And and uh, the director was the director of Shazam was freaking out. He was like, oh, my God, like this isn't going to work like. You know how like you know like this wraps up the movie. It's like mentioned that like he's got to like it has to finish this way that he yeah. comes in and has lunch, but we can't go back and shoot because they're already in school. So like we have to use this, and um, and so like when he saw it in edit, he was like, "Oh, this is way better. This is way better." Oh, he thought it was w- better than what he planned. He thought it was better than what he planned because he's like, uh. "This is it's a it's a nice quick beat, and then it's in and out." And I like it because the symbol is more important than the actor who portrays him. And so Superman's symbol showing up means everything. We're not like, oh, is it Superman? Is it just sure. a guy in a suit? No, it's obviously Superman. Everyone shut up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So not that, that anybody's saying that. But, you know, like, I don't need to see his face. I still would have rather seen the face. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying this was bad and they shouldn't have done it. I will not say that. But I, I will say it would have been nice if we could have seen his face. But it wasn't possible. So this was a, this was a good way of a good solution to that problem since they mm. couldn't they couldn't do what they meant to do. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, but it was it was a great movie. It was a great movie. I was so happy with it. I was I was nervous about it, you know, a year ago uh, and and even as recently as a couple months ago. And then once the trailers started coming out, I was like, this looks like they're doing this looks like they're doing the right thing. Same with Aquaman. I was nervous about it when when it was announced. Gradually, as it got closer, I got more and more into it. And in both cases, I was really, really happy. Wonder Woman, too. Really, really happy with the end product. So. Right, I'm feeling I'm feeling good, man. I think they're on a streak here, and I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, Joker I looks great too. too. It does, it does. Unpopular opinion by some, but yeah, you know that that's also a divide. But um, we can talk about that at another time. I will say, like I said, the the film doesn't beat you over the head with some stuff. Like you know, like Billy gets lost at the same fair where he beats the villain, right? Where he beats yes. Savannah. So this idea of he lost his mom, he lost his family at the fair when he was young, and he finds his family again, yes. like his new family at the same fair. There's like, it's stuff like that that like the movie does, it's not going to tell you, but it's there for you, and that's what makes a good movie. That's what uh, makes yeah. it. That's Agreed. Because there's thought into where they're going and why they're doing what they're doing. And I really, I really love that. Plus, Mr. Mind was in it, which is a great, stupid character. I it's know. A, talk, a sentient evil caterpillar. You can't get more weird. Than, I know. It's hard to get more weird than that. And they really just went for it. Just like Aquaman went dinosaurs in the middle of the earth. They're there. Just FYI. 
when Shazam happens, there are still dinosaurs at the Earth's core in this universe. Just put in, like, it's just there. And now there's a, ten, a sentient talking caterpillar, and I love it. I love it. Uh, that was that was so that was so cool. That's not the kind of thing you would have, you know five years ago you wouldn't have expected to see that in this universe, and yet there it is, and I'm so stoked about it. Exactly. Five years ago, we're explaining everything. You just yeah. like oh, we need we need to explain everything, and now the new direction is because they are shut up. Yeah. You know, why, why are the Amazons? Why are the Amazons immortal? Because they are shut up. <laughs> why you know why is there a sentient talking caterpillar because there is shut up you know why mm-hmm. why in this movie about mer mermans and merwomen and mer, all this stuff are there dinosaurs in the middle of the earth because there are shut up right it's a and comic I love book it. movie that's why yeah and i but people accept on like they don't need to we're moving into a phase where we don't need to explain everything and i'm really happy right. about that Ah, yeah. you know what? It's the, this thought came to me uh, while I was watching the film. Um, it's it's not just a superhero movie; it's a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. That's you very know? good. That, there's a great distinction, Frank. There is. I think there is because, like, there is, there's a there's more there's more to it than just it being about heroes. Um, it it's a whole universe, and 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 part of that universe is. Um, like sometimes the physics don't make sense when he saves the bus, right? And he puts the, the bus down. Like, oh no, they're all dead. That yeah. didn't. They would all be dead. The fact that they were all, like all pressed up against the the windshield, and then he puts it down, and they just walk out of the bus in an orderly queue. Like that wouldn't happen. But that would happen in a comic book, so it's fine. Like when 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 we're talking about like comic book logic, uh, comic book uh, 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 physics, and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I I feel like it all uh, it, it all works. It all works, and it, it was. That made it that much more fun. Another thing, I thought it was very smart that this movie is set in December around the holidays because that means that, uh, you know, th- this movie will have um, a-, a great life in-, in TV during, like, December, during, like, 25 Days of Christmas-type marathons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This will now be in that, like, oh, it's not really a Christmas movie, but, you know, neither is Die Hard. Here you go. Um, yep. it- so I think this will have, you know, the Santa stuff, like Santa cursing up a storm at the end of the movie. I feel like FX will play this on heavy rotation uh, throughout December. Yeah, I think you're right. And the I had forgotten that the or the new Fifty Two relaunch of Shazam with Jeff Johns also took place at Christmas. Oh, so I didn't. This, re- I didn't remember that. I didn't. Yeah, they that. like really leaned into that that um, That's reboot cool. of the character, which I really like. Did you yeah. like, like the costume in motion on screen? All that stuff was it? Did I work did. for you? I mean, it was it was right right off the page right off the page and it looked and it looked good and because again it was like you know he was way more muscular than anybody would ever be like but it would but it just worked because they went for it they just like you said before like shut up it is it just is it's a comic book movie and this is what we're doing and this is just yes he's going to be this big and muscular and his hair is going to be like gelled back and perfect and it's just this is just just deal with it this Mm -hmm. is just going to be the situation Um, and i loved that yeah i did too um what did you think of the um when he gives them all their powers. I loved when they gripped the staff and they were like, Billy! That was, <laughs> that was I mean, super fun. Say, yeah. no, not, not my name, the name I say to turn into this guy. That was <laughs> that was good. What did you think of all of what did you think of all of them? Did you did you like it? Did you not like it? It's the kind of thing I wouldn't have expected in the first movie. It's the kind of thing I would have expected in the sequel. And mm-hmm. I thought it was fun that they that they made it part of this story and it didn't feel forced and it didn't feel um like it wasn't earned, it it kind of worked for me. It worked. I mean, they, they're the seven seats. It like sets it up for them right at the beginning, and um, 
and I, I I really like that. I think they they all looked great on screen. They acted like their child counterpart, yeah. which is very which is, which was very good. The only one I thought was strange is that Mary is an adult already. Like she said, she's eighteen years old. She's going off to college, but she but when she transforms, she transforms into a different person. I thought that was strange too. I would have expected her to stay the same actress. Um, but I guess if she's going to be her idealized version of herself or the best version of herself, then maybe that best version of herself is when she's 30 or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's but true. But I, I did notice that, too, and thought that was like, oh, that, they didn't need to do that. But OK, that, that was a choice they made. Fine. Yeah, it, it actually took me a second to realize it wasn't her. Like, oh. as like, it was going, I was like, oh, that's a different person. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's OK. Cool. It's a different person. No, I agree. It's, I didn't feel like something that you would do in a first film but they went for it and i like that and then this movie like by that point became a very diverse superhero film it did like like very quickly did they all be- it became a very diverse group of a group of superheroes and i i really liked that do you think there'll be a shazam family movie yeah well i mean shazam the comic captain marvel the comic introduced the superhero family to comics like the idea of you know superman and his dog crypto and supergirl and all that all and batman and you know batman with uh, alfred and uh, not alfred but um um ace the bat hound and batwoman and batgirl and like that's all because of shazam like they yep. were the it was the first comic to have the super family mm-hmm. and so um it would somebody asked me today they like is it permanent that they all have his power and i said i think so but they're not as strong as him they only have one aspect of right. his powers right. he's the ultimate he's the ultimate so which i think they did a pretty good job of trying to communicate that like each of them got one power that's right uh, but but yeah I, I i think it would be fun to see a, like a Shazam family movie as a sequel mhm yeah, yeah. Even if they're not so, in the whole thing. Who's 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 to say? So anyway, Frank, you can find us at BeerWithGeeks.com and Gmail and Facebook. You can tweet at us at BeerWithGeeks and at TimothyPG13 and at Frank Ramblings. And, of course, you can rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play and Satchel and Overcast and all the and Spotify and all the places podcasts can be found. You can head over to Patreon.com slash Audio to donate some money to the show. You get access to early episodes and off-the-chart ramblings, as I like to call them, just Frank talking at nothing, at walls, perhaps, posters, sure. of, Tony, posters of Tony Hawk, whatever whatever his fancy is <laughs> for the day. And uh, and that's and that's uh, that's about it from us. So, Frank, do you have anything else to say? No, nah, man, I'm really glad we talked about this, and uh, I look forward to more of these. Me as well. So, until next time, Shazam! Shazam!